The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Am I am, am I overhyping this or is this new corruption uh it's not new but this this corruption uh you know jihad that President Xi Jinping is doing right now we haven't seen the last of that right and it's all about consolidation of power am I correct Oh uh, a- absolutely and this uh the the abduction the arrest of the president of Interpol is just opens a window onto the Byzantine Machiavellian politics in mm-hmm. China uh, which makes everything we do in the West look like child's play. This guy, uh, President Meng, was formerly the vice minister of public security. And, you know, I rarely quote Chuck Schumer, but he said, you don't want to get on the bad side of the intelligence agency. So Meng knows where all the bodies are buried in China mm. because he was a vice minister of public security. And then China, the Chinese Communist Party, pulled all the strings, called in all of its cards, got dozens of nations to vote this guy this Communist Party apparatchik, as president of Interpol, which is a great irony in itself, because the International Police Organization, Interpol, is supposed to uphold the law. And he's the representative of a essentially lawless state where the leadership does whatever it wants and runs roughshod over the rights. Rights? Did I say rights? They have no rights of the people. (laughs) And now, after a couple years abroad, because he hasn't followed orders to the letter, apparently, He's now been arrested on a trip back to China. What did China want him to do? Why did China want him in this position? They wanted him in this position because there are 7,000, that's a seven followed by three zeros, senior officials who have fled China with hundreds of billions of dollars of money stolen from the Chinese people. And China wanted him to issue arrest warrants for all 7,000. They also wanted arrest warrants for all of the dissidents the Tibetan leaders, uh, the Buddhist leaders, the Christian leaders, uh, all everybody who objects to the regime, they wanted him to declare a, to be a terrorist and issue arrest warrants and bring them back to China so they could be tried. The Muslim uh, Uyghurs in, the West, in Western yeah. Pakistan, uh, all the rest. So he wouldn't do that, apparently. And so when he went back to visit China, visit his family, uh, you know, we may never see him again. Wow. Um, Steven, I, I wish we had you in studio. You and I could go on some <laughs> nerd uh, like parties and just talk about this for hours because this is just fascinating to me. Um, do you think that... So, I mean, after Mao, when uh, Ding Xiaoping took over, he really kind of took China in a different direction. I guess more of like a capitalist, uh, like free market, you know, uh, direction. And uh, things seem to be looking up. But that has changed under Xi. Am I correct in assessing that he's moving it back in the other direction, more in like a Mao direction? Oh, oh, absolutely. He is the second Red Emperor. The first Red Emperor was Chairman Mao Zedong. Now, remember, he's one of the great mass murderers of Chinese history, of human history, responsible for the deaths of about 70 million of his own fellow Chinese. Uh, Xi Jinping is self-consciously modeling himself on Mao Zedong. He's even published uh, his collected works in a volume that looks almost exactly like the collected works of Chairman Mao. Like the Red Book? His picture is is the little Red Book. Uh, His quotes, uh, the 90 million members of the Chinese Communist Party are memorizing his quotes and spouting them in the same way that they memorized the quotes of Chairman Mao and spouted them a generation ago. His picture is everywhere. There have been reports that in Christian homes, the Communist Party officials have come in and have taken down pictures of 
of, of, of Jesus and replace them with pictures of the new red emperor Xi Jinping to show them that their God should be Wow, Xi Jinping. You know what's just you know what's as, interesting, no. Stephen. Uh, just sorry to interrupt, but off of that, I've heard that the Christian Church is exploding, exploding mm-hmm. the underground church, like it's growing like never before, despite all this. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a, a spiritual wilderness, uh, China. Uh, no one believes in communism anymore. The reason you join the Communist Party is because you can use that to advance yourself, mm. to make more money, yeah. to engage in corruption. And make no mistake, this corruption campaign you talked about, where hundreds of thousands of officials have gone to jail, the peculiar thing is not one of Xi Jinping's faction, not one of his supporters has been arrested and sent to jail. Mm. They're all protected. It's the it's his political enemies, it's his political opposition that has suffered under this uh, so-called corruption campaign, which is really, what, a political purge. Right. Um, I think I'm so I'm 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 worried about the trade war uh, with China. Uh, I I know that we have uh, more uh, weapons that that we can delve out to hurt them. Um, I I guess I'm worried about it more in the short term than the long term, because am I also correct in assessing that China, to me, their economic prowess has been a little bit overblown. I know they've got ridiculous amounts of debt. Uh, that which a lot of people aren't really talking about, but uh, but record amounts of debt, and that their economy is beginning to slow, and rate wages are starting to rise over there. So they're not going to be this, you know, this low wage, uh, you know, massive export economy for too much longer. So am I am I also correct in assessing that that, that this might have kind of run its course, and it's it's actually on the way down as far as their economic power. Yeah, I think the Chinese Communist Party realizes they've lost the trade war. Yeah. Now, it, it may seem premature to say that, but look, their economy is tanking. Their growth rate, they claim 6%. They're going to be lucky to get half that this year. The American economy is growing faster than China. They've got lots of non-productive investment because corrupt officials work with corrupt construction companies to build bridges to nowhere. We've got one bridge to nowhere. They've got hundreds. They, we, they've got roads that nobody drives on. They've got buildings that no one lives in. So there's a lot of money that's wasted because of this corruption. They've got an aging population because, look, the one-child policy eliminated 400 million Chinese wow. from the planet over the last 40 years. So they have an aging population. They have too few young people coming into the workforce. They have a nationwide labor shortage. Uh, and, and they have this huge debt, as you mentioned. It may be 300% of GDP. No one really knows because they've kind of got a perpetual money machine going in China where the state-owned enterprises, uh, which account for about 40% of the economy, are propped up by the state. Trillions of dollars are wasted keeping the state-owned enterprises in business. And they're losing money, but they don't want to dissolve them because that would mean hundreds of thousands of workers would lose their, lose their jobs, be in the streets demonstrating, and, and that would cause political instability. So they, the only part of the economy of China that really operates according to market principles, as we understand them, is the export sector. And guess what? That is now threatened by Trump's tariffs. Right. And so, yeah, they've been set back on the heels. They want to talk. I thought it was very interesting in the Rose Garden last week when, when, when President Trump announced the USMCA, the U.S.-Mexico Trade Agreement. He said China wants to talk, but I don't think they're ready yet, he said. <laughs> I don't <laughs> That's think cool. they're ready yet. In other words, they're not, they're, not, they're not ready to kowtow yet. They're not ready to stop stealing intellectual property. They're not ready to play fair on the trade front. They're not ready to withdraw some of their spies and stop some of their cyber attacks. Um, 
Stephen, before I let you go, uh, just uh, moving forward and ultimately dealing with China Chinese aggression, um, I, it's always been my view that Japan is actually the uh, preeminent like superpower to break out, not superpower, but large regional power to break out uh, in that area. I, I've always seen them as you know really the people with the with the longevity, you know, the economy and the the will to do so, and 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 I, I've always seen them as maybe enabling Japan. Uh, to be the, uh, I guess, uh, like unleashing them and and maybe taking some of the reins off, letting them, you know, rebuild their military. Uh, Would that be a better way to, to, say, deal with Japan or China so that we can kind of maybe step back a little bit and have them uh, police that area? Well, I think that's that's the idea here. The idea, and, and I think that Shinzo Abe, the Japanese prime minister, agrees. He's trying to change the peace constitution to allow Japanese forces to build up and, and take a more uh, forward-deployed posture in Asia. Um, and, and I think that's going to happen. He just won re-election by a pretty substantial margin. They're increasing their defense budget. Uh, they've been paying for our bases in Japan for, for many, many years now, uh, reducing the cost of our stationing troops there. But they really need to take more responsibility for their own defense. This, we're doing the same thing with them and South Korea that we're doing with NATO. We're saying, pay up, pay your yeah. fair share. Yeah. Uh, we can't defend you from afar. His name is Stephen Mosier. His book is Bully of Asia, Why China's Dream is the New Threat to World Order. Uh, Stephen, where can they find this book? Is it on anywhere you can buy it on Amazon and in bookstores? Yep, it's everywhere. It's also at our website at pop.org, P-O-P dot O-R-G. They can get it from us. Outstanding. Stephen, we're going to have to have you come in studio, I think, at some point, and we can just, again, nerd out and uh, talk for a couple hours on this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate you being on with us. Thank you. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.